Welcome back to Comfort Breeze Complacy. This is episode 12. Today, we're joining my boy, Jaden Lee. What's up, brother? How's it going? Good, man. Good. Thank you for joining me. Um, thanks for, I was going to say thanks for having me, but I'm having you in my house right now. Exactly. So. You've been taking care of me the past <laughs> couple of days. Jaden's been showing me around uh, Chilliwack where he lives and taking me on some hikes and saw some paragliders today and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's been fun. Did he... Uh, Four-minute cold plunge this morning, yeah. shivering my ass off. But it's good, great way to start the day. Oh yeah, warming up at the fire afterwards. But just uh, met Jaden. What was it? Two months ago, kind of in person, officially a mutual friend that we met through another mutual friend. Kind of introduced <laughs> us, and then we found out that we lived like three hours apart from each other. So it's been uh, cool to kind of catch up a bit more. Just kind of saw each other at some events, but. Been uh, sweet catching off. Yeah. Nice to actually hang out and spend some one-on-one time together and get to know each other a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and uh, getting to know you, you have a pretty unbelievable story. So um, I was wondering if you could just kind of run through. <sighs> I mean, your whole—you <laughs> got a good story, man. So just start kind of from the beginning, and I'll uh, we'll work through it together. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. So yeah, um, I'm 24. I'm from Chilliwack, British Columbia. Um, as a kid, I was never really into team sports, was always kind of into the extreme sports of so skateboarding, BMXing, biking, snowboarding, scootering. And I actually found out that I was the best at scootering and ended up getting like sponsored for scootering. And, uh, and yeah, I got flown around to competitions in the U S and all that kind of stuff, which was actually kind of cool. People think of razors or like razor scooters, like little scooters for kids, but it was actually like a competitive sport that you could get into. Um, and so, yeah, that was like kind of something like one of my biggest, like my first big goals to like kind of work towards as a kid. Um, and I think just kind of the, when, when you, when you're in extreme sports and you're learning tricks and stuff, it kind of, you have to try a trick for say like eight hours a day and you fail and you fail and you fail and you have to keep getting up and keep going back at it. And I think that really kind of just instilled that in my head of just like failing and keep going and kind of working towards big goals. So my, my biggest goal was kind of get sponsored by this company. And so, um, in my story, I'm going to talk a lot about kind of the highs and lows, um, in my life and how like to stay humble in the highs and hopeful in the lows. But, um, after kind of going to some competitions in the States for scootering, um, I was getting noticed and whatnot. And then I finally got a call with the team manager for this company. We hopped on FaceTime and, uh, and yeah, he kind of announced that I was on the team, which was like a huge dream goal of mine. And then, Three hours later, I got a call from the hospital because um, I wasn't really feeling well before that. I kind of skipped that out, out of that a little bit, but uh, wasn't really feeling well. I went for a blood work that day, actually. And so the three hours after the call, I got my mom got a call saying that I had uh, leukemia, which is a type of blood cancer. So, damn, man, that must have been <laughs> how? Did, like, yeah, what does it what does it feel like getting that news as a kid who's probably like hopeful, looking forward to the future, and just like feeling off or whatever not yeah ever. so like I was I was a super active kid like I was at the skate park all day every day and just like after like I said after that that summer I was competing competitively and then that kind of after that that fall and winter and this this call was in January I was just kind of feeling out of shape and was feeling tired all the time and wasn't feeling quite like myself so I thought I was out of shape so I kept on kind of going on runs by myself and and eating healthier and but I every I couldn't even run like 20 minutes without even like wanting to pass out and so 
I was kind of asking to sit out in PE class a bit more and, and my teacher was like, are you okay? Like you're looking a little green around the gills. And I was always like, nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Pushed it off type of thing. And then I kept on sitting out in PE class. So he finally kind of called my mom and was like, Hey, Jane's not looking so good. And she kind of said like not normal behavior sitting out of PE class. Yeah. Like, I was always like the one, like I was always first in the 10 K's and I was yeah. always giving it my hundred percent. Right. So it was different. And so that's kind of when he reached out when things weren't normal. So, um, yeah. So then after that, she kind of replied and said the same thing and was like, Jane's been kind of just pushing it off. Cause that was just who I was. Um, and then, yeah, that was the, the day, um, that I said that I got that call about the sponsorship and then I went for blood work in that morning and then mom got the hospital call from the hospital that night and it's weird it's one of those things you always hear about like especially I was 50 almost 16 when I got diagnosed and so didn't really understand it completely and it was one of those things we always hear about like cancer like but you never really know of many people that have it or never really think it's going to happen hit you close to home and then it does and you're kind of just like oh my gosh like yeah so what was like your initial reaction to hearing that news yeah, so like I was I was playing that night that my mom got the call, I was playing Xbox with my friends um, downstairs. I was, like I said, I was like just 16, I was playing Call of Duty or something. And then I guess that my mom got a call at 10 o'clock at night and the hospital was like, you got to bring Jane to the hospital right now. And she's like, why? It's like 10 o'clock at night. And then they were like, well, we got to do more testing. And I guess they weren't supposed to tell you over the phone, but they kind of like needed to put some pressure on her like to bring me. And so she, she, they were, I guess they told her on the phone. So she comes downstairs and she's like, we got to go to the hospital. And I kind of said the same thing. I'm like, why? It's like 10 o'clock at night. And uh, she's like, oh, this one, do more testing. So anyways, I go off Xbox, go upstairs, and I see my mom's boyfriend, like, pacing back and forth like he saw a ghost. And I was like, hey, this is weird. And then, like, 10 minutes later, the door of my mom's house downstairs opened up, and it was my dad walking in with my sister. And I'm like, okay, now this is super weird. Like, my dad doesn't come to my mom's house. They were split up at the time, and so... Anyways, we left my sister with my mom's boyfriend there, and then me, my dad, and my mom got in the car, and then uh, my dad, basically on the drive there, he was like, do you know what leukemia is? And then just kind of started bawling my eyes out and didn't really know what was going to happen or didn't really know what to feel, but yeah, that was kind of how I found out. So, And when, when you found that out, what were the next steps taken forward as far as like treatment or more diagnosis or tests or everything? Yeah, so that night I went to the Chilliwack General Hospital and talked to the doctor there, and they basically kind of gave me a rundown of what was going to happen, and I had to get transferred to Children's Hospital that night in Vancouver. So basically after they kind of went through the diagnosis and what it was, they kind of told me to go home, pack my bags, and my mom drove me to the hospital that night. It was like 1 in the morning and did the hour-long drive. It was pretty doom and gloom to Children's Hospital, and then... Yeah, I started uh, intense chemotherapy within a couple days of that, and my first stint in the hospital from that night forward was about eight days, and then I started the intense chemotherapy, and I did intense intense, uh, chemo for about a year, and so I was in and out of the hospital that entire year. Like I was in for that first eight days, came home for a week, then was in for like 32 days, and then kind of was in and out for an entire year. And then after your first full year, um, and that's kind of, I was cancer free after that. And so after your first full year, um, with the type of leukemia that I had, it's this protocol to do chemo for another three and a half years still. Um, so I, I only got the intense chemo for a year. And then after the year I was on, um, something called maintenance for the last two and a half. And so I just had to get IV chemo once a month. And then I took about 
15 or 16 chemo pills every day um, for that two and a half years. And so I got diagnosed on January 28th, 2015, and then finished chemo on May 23rd, 2018. What the hell? How does, uh, I know you were saying that when the nurses and things were administering it to you, they're in like full suits, right? And they, it can't like touch them, but it's going into you. Like, how's that? Yeah, that was like like such a weird thing. Like I'm hooked up to an IV machine and the nurses that are giving me the chemo, they're in full like eye protective gear and gloves and like garbage bag hazmat looking suit things like that they can't get it on them. Meanwhile, like I'm hooked up to this thing and it's going in me and they start it and you can just feel it going through like this is cold. And so that's kind of like a, a little bit of like of a bit like, holy crap, like pretty scary, but it's weird though. Like I was also like, I was only like 15, 16 years old. So I didn't really kind of know what to think at the time either. Right. Cause I didn't really have a full understanding of it all. I was kind of just going with emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. And how does that affect like school life or your energy outside of things or friendships or all your being in the hospital for so long and then coming back out did like friendships get affected or yeah it, it was tough because like that was my first year of high school and so um I had to do school online in the hospital I was I got sick halfway through grade 10 and then came back to school halfway through grade 12 and uh yeah like I mean when you're in high school like all your friends are kind of starting to party and kind of experimenting with things and so I kind of I came back to high school in grade 12 and a lot of my friends that I grew up with were kind of into partying and stuff, which is fine, but I obviously couldn't do that because I was getting chemo and still going through it, right? So it was a bit of a it was a bit of a mind thing for sure, and I was definitely down a lot. Um, but it was just kind of it was what I was going through, and I didn't really know it. And I was only sixteen, right? So I didn't really know what to think or didn't really know how to like really understand my the all the emotions that I was feeling. What were kind of the things that kept you going in times like that, or like what did you? do or think about or tell yourself to like keep moving forward it or- sounds crazy and it sounds kind of dumb but I was like so obsessed with scootering at that time that like I because I got sponsored literally the day that I found out I was like there's nothing more that I want to do than like to get back to where I was with that so it sounds dumb but it's like it was just kind of, it's just one of those things that I, I was obsessed with now with like the running and stuff and with endurance like you, you kind of get that feeling. And so for me, I had that thing that was giving me motivation and drive during passion. that time, which was nice. Right. Yeah, so. Passion. Yeah. And, uh, what was it like getting that? I know you said it was kind of bittersweet when you got the notification that you're cancer free, but you still have to deal with the chemo for X amount of years after. Yeah. That. Like I, I, I had, can- I was cancer free fairly quickly, which was awesome. But with that protocol, cause leukemia is such like so high risk for it to come back they still have to do chemo for another two and a half years so it was like this bittersweet of like yes i'm i'm probably gonna survive this but at the same time i still have to go through this shitty uh shitty treatment plan to to get through that right and and it takes a toll on your body and so uh the remaining two and a half years were tough but and it was crazy like after i finished chemo like once I got off of it and I was and I wasn't taking the pills or getting the IVs anymore, like after a couple of weeks, I felt like this like total like shifted my energy and just like it's crazy like the effects that it has on you. It's literally like poison almost. Yeah, right? yeah, killing it from the inside out. Yeah, yeah. And then um, moving on past when you're done the chemo and everything, you want to give back to the hospital, right? Is that when the first hundred K run came about into thinking about? 
Yeah, yeah. So um, after I after I got sick, um, I knew I wanted to do something to kind of give back to childrens, and so um, I was going through a tough time in my life then. And and my mom passed away in 2020, and uh, I wasn't in kind of the greatest mindset after that. And and I needed kind of a goal to work towards to get myself out of out of my rut. So um, yeah, me and my me and my friend Cam were hanging out on this couch one night and we were, uh, we were kind of just shooting the crap and he was like, I was trying, we were trying to brainstorm of an idea to raise money for children's. And I kind of found out that I was sick through running, like I said, and Cam was kind of getting back into run, getting into running himself. And I was kind of getting back into it a little bit. And, uh, he was like, you should run to children's like and I let, where I live is about a hundred and a bit kilometers to children's hospital. And so I was like, screw that. Like I've never ran more than, 10k there's no way I could ever do that and so that was the end of 2020 or yeah that was the end of 2020 sorry and so then the next day I went out on a 10k run I hadn't ran one since like before I got sick and I did it in like under an hour and I was like yeah that was like pretty decent like pretty decently quick and so I text my buddy back and I was like let's do it and he's like do what and I was like let's run to children so yeah that was that run um that was October 2nd, 2021. Me, Cam, and a bunch of my friends who ran from here in Chilliwack to the BC Children's Hospital. It was 103 kilometers, and we raised over $125,000 for the hospital. And what was your initial goal again? 20. My initial goal was 20,000. And that just like goes to show like whatever you think you're capable of, like you can 10x that because like Cam was like, oh, we should do like. 121,000 and I was like there's no way we'd ever be able to raise that much money and he's like just try it why not like if you don't make it you don't make it but at least you tried right so he's uh he's a big mentor in my life and he pushed me to do that and we ended up exceeding it so what was that like getting to the hospital after that that was like that was one of those 10 moments in my life like that was like there was no better feeling than like crossing that finish line and just like it's indescribable and I'm sure you get that know that feeling with just like your swims and stuff and and it was what I realized afterwards was like yeah it was cool we ran a long ways and yeah we raised a lot of money but there was like kids that came down from their hospital rooms that were cheering me on and this kid that was too sick to come down but he was in like the eighth floor of children's he made me a sign in the window that said like thank you Jaden and I realized that like it was more about giving those kids hope that like I was in their shoes at one point and like now you can, you can turn that around and actually do something with it. So for me, that was kind of the coolest part about it. And I didn't really get that kind of like, I didn't understand that till afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about earlier, but you never really do know the reach or impact you can have on somebody. If you might only get them coming up to you like one every 10 20 30 people right that you might actually touch so yeah that's pretty cool to see and that and that kid that made me the sign on the eighth floor um he unfortunately ended up passing away like a year later but that is like it really just put that into perspective for me like there's kids that won't get a chance to kind of do what i did and to to not take the gift that i've been given to kind of be healthy again and to be able to give back right so and then you never know how much the quality of life change while they were alive because you gave them hope or things like that yeah, right exactly as well as the ones that do make it so yeah and then after your first run the 100k yeah. you're saying you were feeling pretty good getting yeah. out of your rut yeah and then you had another devastating life yeah so tragedy. again like just like the highs and lows of life like i said like kind of like finishing chemo and then like I, I'm a real estate agent so starting my real estate career and I bought my first home and then it was like my mom passed away that year and then I was like I needed a goal to work towards and 
so that was kind of the thing for my run right and then I do my do my run and I finally feel like I'm on top of the world again and kind of in a better headspace and stuff and then about a month and a half later me and five of my buddies we went on a, a trip to Dallas Texas to go watch the Cowboys game and go watch some football and have a good boys weekend and it's a long story I won't get into it but basically like on the first night we got there our one buddy um, got in a car with a drunk driver and, and passed away while we were down there and so that was literally like a month later and so that was just another one of those things of like staying humble in the highs and hopeful in the lows because I was on that high again and then a month and a half later I was brought back down to rock bottom and I was like after that, I was just in like the worst spot I've ever been. I was like, why does this stuff keep happening to me? And I was just in such a dark place in my life and kind of lost sight of everything that I had worked towards and kind of got through um, with my past run. So, yeah. And what is, what was the thing that kept you going through that time? Right. Uh, during that time, I didn't really, honestly, like it was kind of like the good people that I have in my life. Like I'm, I'm super lucky with the the amazing people that I do have in my life and I'm like a strong believer in that you are who you hang out with and so um like I had four other buddies or I had three other buddies that were on that trip with me and so um that I came back with and that we all support each other through that time and and yeah it wasn't until kind of that that following year that uh I was able to kind of go on some trips and met our mutual friend that kind of got me back in the right headspace so yeah yeah, and that mutual friend, Devin Levesque, So Shout out, Dev. Dev. All right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, how'd you get linked in with Dev? If people don't know Devin, he's a entrepreneur. He's a wild man. He's a <laughs> athlete. He's Dev's everything. So Yeah, so, um, I would, like I said, I was in kind of that rough spot in my life, and I had followed Dev for years. And he was actually, when me and Cam were hanging out that night um, and came up with the idea to run to children's, I had actually showed Cam like the video of Dev doing his bear crawl that he did. He bear crawled a marathon for people that don't know. And uh, I was like, that's kind of how we were like, oh, we should do something kind of cool, like endurance wise and like a fitness challenge or something. And so um, I had followed Dev for years and he was doing this thing where you could book a Zoom call with him for like 20 minutes. It was like a hundred bucks or whatever. And so we just hopped on the call. I wanted to pick his brain about business and just how we got into all the things that he's doing. And then at the end of the call, I was like, dude, thanks for doing this bear crawl and inspired me to do my run. And um, yeah, it's a kind of, he was like, dude, like, and he, he loved it. And so he was like, let's keep in touch. And then kind of showed me about all day running and brought, uh, told, invited me to the first all day running event and then went to his place in Austin afterwards and kind of went to those two events. And just, I met so many like-minded people like yourself, um, and just kind of realized like what I valued in life. And cause I remember like the night before my mom's funeral, I was like drunk on the floor, like right there. And I, I had all these things like I was making good money in my career already and I had my first house, but I realized like none of those things tr truly matter if you're not happy inside. Um, and so that trip really just put into perspective for me of like what I really valued in life of experiences and relationships and, and friendships and doing things and making those memories that are going to last a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I know what Dev's done is pretty special and bringing all these people together and same with me when I went out and met him and, and the networking group he had and everything. And yeah, you meet these people who might not have the same goals, but they have the same mindset towards things. You can piggyback off each other and introduce each other. And we were out at dinner one night and talking to our friend Jolene, who knew you. And then I just met her and she had mentioned you. That was the first time I met, heard about you. And she was saying, oh, he's doing a run. 
and he's from like Chilliwack. And then I remember <laughs> just hearing about it, and then and then at the most recent event, the uh, the uh, Running Man event, it was after your most recent run, but Devin gave a shout out and shout out to what like a thousand people about you and your story, and 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 that's kind of when we met in person for the first time yeah. that that event but that was two weeks after your most recent endeavor which was yeah. even bigger than your last one yeah so that one was um I, I, pl- I wasn't planning on doing like another run again and i was like the the 100k was like we raised a lot of money and there was so many people involved and it was like it was so cool and it was like that once in a lifetime thing and i'm like how do you recreate something like that and i didn't really want to try in case like i didn't want to be like let down if it wasn't as good or whatever so i wasn't planning on doing it again and obviously like when i was in that rough rough place again mentally after uh after my buddy Aaron passed away in 2022, um, I was just like, wasn't really thinking about doing something like that again. And then I heard that, um, well, with, with leukemia, I still had to get checked, uh, my blood work done every six months for five years after I finished chemo. Cause if the leukemia is going to come back, it's the highest risk for it to come back within five years. And so for the last five years, I've still been getting my blood work done at children's every six months. And they told me I actually had my last checkup, um, this past October. And I was like, I kind of didn't really think much of it at first. And then I got this idea in my head. I was like, Oh, I'd be badass to like do that run again, but go for my last blood work appointment and then run home this time to kind of close out my journey of this being done at the hospital, finishing cancer. And then it's kind of closing out just my journey over the last couple of years and the struggles that I've had. Um, and so I just like kind of just wanted to do it more for myself this time. And that's why I decided to do it again was because I didn't care about necessarily the outcome or if it was as big as last time or what it looked like. It was more about just doing it for myself. Um, and so, yeah, I decided to that on, from my last blood work appointment at children's, I was going to run a hundred miles back home, made the route longer and, uh, yeah, I wanted to set a goal to raise 150000 this time, which was obviously lofty. But uh, yeah, it, on October 6th, uh, me and it was crazy. We had like a crew of like 30 people. We had a whole police escort. We had like friends on bikes and running and we had a motor home and it was like this convoy. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, we ran uh, 100 miles from the hospital from that last appointment. And uh, yeah, it took... Uh, about 23 hours. It ended up being 103 miles because the route got a little bit messed up. And then we raised, uh, I just brought a check to Children's last week for just over $85,000. So between the two runs, just over 210 grand. That's unreal. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds crazy. Just like, like those words coming out of my mouth is still, this don't even sound real. So it's, I'm super grateful to, to be able to be in a position to give back to the hospital now. So, and all that, good that's going to come from that comes from one decision right yeah just one decision to like take take a leap of faith that you're kind of scared about but you're going to go for it yeah it's just crazy this how one like this how these such small decisions like all of this like two hundred and ten thousand dollars donated to the hospital literally started from like a joke of me and my friend hanging on the couch here one night being like you should run to children's and that's where it came from which is crazy to think about yeah yeah, I know. I know when I've finished long projects, I've meant a lot to me. Like years long projects, it's really emotional. It's those like rare moments in life that are hard to beat, especially when your friends and family are around. What was like finishing not just the run, but like putting a stamp on 
that whole journey from like diagnosis to end point. If you can like bottle that up into a feeling, what was that? <laughs> it's, 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 it's hard to put into words. It was just, I think it was just really special for everyone. Um, like so many people on my run, like set new personal bests. Like one of my buddies had never ran more than 10 K and ended up doing 60. My sister had never ran a 10 K. She ran 10 K and it's like, it's, it was just, it was, it was much bigger than just myself, just for everyone else to be able to push themselves. And, and obviously my mom who passed away was a big reason for a lot of the things that I do. And, uh, her mom, so my grandma, um, she's actually a runner. And so she was able to be a part of it and she's in her late sixties and she crushed 20 kilometers of it. So, um, it's hard to put into words, but I think it was much bigger than even just like myself and my stuff. And, and obviously I was selfishly doing it for me and just to kind of close out my journey, but I think it impacted a lot more people personally than I realized it would. Yeah. Yeah. And when you were, when you were in the planning stages of this, was there a lot of help from other people in planning or were there a lot of logistical points all on you or like, I pretty much did the, like plan the entire thing. The only thing that I really had uh, help with was um, I had a contact um, that helped me set up the police escort. And so she was a big help in setting up that. Um, and, but other than that, I, I had to, I had to get the insurance for the event for the police escort. I had to kind of submit the entire route details and make this whole safety plan and submit it to them. And other than that, like, there wasn't much to it other than figuring out the route and planning that. And then, um, yeah, we had the entire escort and shout out to Jolene for getting us the RV. She rented the RV for us. And, and yeah, it all came together. Like, like it went way better than I thought it would. Like the hundred K I definitely struggled. Um, cause this, cause I would, didn't really train properly and stuff, but literally that the hundred mile run about a couple months ago now literally couldn't have gone any better. And how, I know you talk about training for the 100K. You did intense training for the 100 mile, right? Yeah. How did how did that affect you mentally, physically? Like, yeah. How, what did you learn through that process? Because I know that can be, we were talking about, like, the lonely runs by yourself and, like, the training on your own can be, especially when you're thinking towards, like, the final goal, it's hard to be focused on everything that needs to come the process up to there but it's really important to be like process oriented goal motivated but how did you find that solo training all the time and yeah because my first run like I said I had never ran more than 10k when I decided I was going to do this and so we just kind of won it like my my grandma who runs she kind of helped she's done a couple hundred k so she kind of helped me out with a little bit of a training plan but I I like I said I hadn't ran more than 10k so I wasn't used to running long distances at all so it took quite a toll on my body and I didn't really train properly or have the nutrition or the knowledge or anything like that or any recovery. I didn't do any recovery things at all. Like I didn't, like I was like, Oh, I didn't really, my grandma, like she made me like a little plan and was like, Oh, we'll leave a couple weeks buffer for any injuries. I'm like, what, how can I injure myself? Like, I'm not going to break my leg running. I didn't realize like all the small, in, like I just had no knowledge of anything. And whereas this time around after doing the hundred K and doing some half marathons and marathons and stuff since then, and uh, getting hooked up with my running coach, shout out to Ryan. Um, he made me an entire training plan and it was very intense. Like it was hours and hours every single week of running and, and my peak weeks uh, about a month and a bit before my run, I would do my, in three weeks I did, I would rest Monday. I would do two hour run Tuesday, or Tuesday, two hour run Wednesday, two hour run Thursday, rest Friday, six hours Saturday, 
two hours Sunday and I repeated that for for three weeks. And when you go out on those six hour runs by yourself, like we were talking about, like I found that harder than my actual run because my run, I had 30 of my friends and we were just having a blast. Whereas like running for six hours by yourself on a Saturday, like is sucks. But, um, what I learned from both of these runs and, and probably the biggest thing that I've learned through them is that like at 60 K in my first run on the hundred K, my body was done. Like my, my legs were cramping up and I didn't really know how I was going to do it, but it, it's your mindset that gets you through. And so it, it's, it's pushing yourself. And on those days that you don't want to do it on those Saturdays, you have to run for six hours. It's the mindset of getting through it. And so it's cool because it applies to so many other areas of your life, whether that's your personal life or your business, but just that mindset is everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. Once you kind of see the way or learn the lessons in one thing, you can utilize it, the task at hand for whatever aspect of life. It's makes a big difference. I feel like. Yeah. And I saw this like thing on a podcast one time. It was talking just about like how like in endurance athletes, a lot of them have gone through some sort of trauma or some sort of painful experience in their life. And the reason why they love endurance so much is because of that mindset to push through hard things. And so I, I feel like you can relate to that a lot too. And just, the pushing through your mindset pushing through the hard things yeah i think you definitely grow with adversity right Mm -hmm. and i was kind of wondering what do you think were the differences if any in the lessons you learned through your voluntary um like suffering like the runs that you did or the involuntary like going through the cancer treatment and the whole your whole journey there losing your mom or your friend like what lessons were there different or is going through that adversity you learn the same lessons yeah I don't think I really learned like I don't think I really I didn't learn as much until like kind of the last year and it was kind of like surrounding myself with those people that we talked about and because I think like I said when I was sick I didn't really know what to think because I was so young and I didn't really know what how to handle my emotions and then after my mom passed away I didn't really know how to deal with adversity. I kind of just like put my head back down, started working and I was like, I need to set a big goal. And it's kind of like that first hundred K was just kind of like a bandaid on top of it. I didn't actually know how to like deal with my problems. And so after Aaron passed away, like after my last run, I spent that entire year just uh, working on myself and healing and surrounding myself with the right people and just working on my health and my wellness and, and my mental state and just um, learning the tools to deal with adversity. And so that's what made me want to like, once I knew those tools and learned all that, I was like, that's when I was like, Hey, I think I want to do this again because I know, I know more about it now and I know how much of an impact it was going to have on me. And so that's why I think it was a bit different this time. And and that's what I learned from it this time. And, and not that I want any adversity, obviously, to happen, like bad things to happen ever again, but I know they'll come, but, and, and that's inevitable. And, but now I have the tools to actually deal with that adversity. Yeah. If you forge those tools voluntarily, when it comes involuntarily, they'll be in place to utilize. Yeah. And so that's why I think the difference between last run and this run was because last time I think it was just a Band-Aid to put over top of my problems. Whereas this time I actually worked on my problems, worked on myself and realized like what this meant or what this run was going to like actually mean for me. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I know, uh, 
like an awesome dude linked in with Devin, Johnny Martin. Yeah. He had uh, one thing I really took away from him. He's saying, like, has anybody here made the same mistake twice? He was like, yeah, pretty much everybody. It's like, okay, you don't learn from experience. You learn from reflecting on the experience, yeah. right? Yeah. Coming back from all the adversity you face, plus the highs of finishing a run and everything, moving forward in your life, do you take active steps to reflect, like journaling, or is it more just kind of intangible, like inside of you? No, I do. I do a lot of things now. Like, like I kind of like I, I wake up. Um, I wake up every morning, like just before five, and and I, I read a book, like a kind of usually like a self help help book, and and journal sometimes, and then I go cold plunge and go to the gym and do all that, those things to to better myself and 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 listen to podcasts and and watch movies and and everything that I'm consuming is in one way or another to better myself. And so I'm, I think healing is like a never ending journey. And so we always kind of just want to continue to work on that. And I think that's important for everyone. Yeah. As well as meeting those new people that can take that step with you in your life. How important do you think it is? Like, I know how many you've said you met through Devin and I'm the same. There's people if you had told me four months ago or three months ago, I'd know people I know now. I just didn't know them then and meeting them through Devin and everything, it's actually crazy. But how important do you think it is to, even if it's an investment that might not look on paper as like type one fun in the minute, but how important do you think those investments are to put yourself in positions to meet people, to get lucky, to... Oh yeah, it's, it's priceless. You, you can't put a price tag on those things and, and it's like... 75% of the people that were with me on my run were, were people that I've met through going through these events. And, and it's like, yeah, some of them are an investment, but it's like, you can't put a price tag on that. And everyone that you meet at those events is there to do the same thing and better themselves. And, and when you surround yourself with people like that, you're going to become that. And so now, like, even though everyone kind of lives all over the place, we were talking about that earlier. It's like, those are the people that I talk to every single day. And it's like, if I'm dealing something or if I have a problem, like I'm going to call coach in, in Las Vegas, or I'm going to call Matt in Austin, I'm going to call you in Kelowna. Like, regardless of how far away from each other, we have these relationships now that we can always help each other out and, and better ourselves together. And you can't put a price tag on that. I feel like a lot of those relationships come in like shared struggling, like doing something physical together, cold plunging, which sucks in the moment, but you get out and you get a fire up after. And I think it's cool doing that adversity stuff together. Well, it's like, that's how you build a relationship with someone. Like if me and you just would have like went out for drinks and just had dinner, like, and, and met one night and just did that. Like we weren't going to make as good of a relationship as we did. Like the last couple of days, like when you first got here, we had a two hour run. We almost did a half marathon. And then this morning went cold plunging and then we went on a hike. And so it's like, by doing hard things, you're going to build such a deeper, more meaningful connection with people. Yeah, hundred percent. And like you said, you're a real estate agent. How has these skills and lessons you've learned through all this stuff helped you in your career or like talking to people every day like you do? Yeah. Like it's, I I think just now it's like people can, like I'm very active on social media and I I document my, what I do every day on social media. Like I I read a self-help book every morning called the daily stoic. And it's just like little life lessons every day. It's just a little one page, but I post that and people love it. And 
And I think just people see the way that I'm living my life now, and I think it, it helps a lot of people. And it's applied to my business in the ways of like the real estate market. It's so up and down, and you're going to deal with good markets, you're going to deal with shitty markets. But it's about like your mindset during those shitty times, and and dealing with that adversity, and coming back from it, and staying positive. And and that's why doing hard things in anything, whether that's business, that could apply to someone might not be that athletic but they've got they might have a really great mindset in business but they could take that and do something like physically active with it right and so it doesn't matter what you're doing but if you have that mindset of that you can push through hard things it'll apply to all the different areas of your life and so the for me it's it's helped me in my business it's helped me with endurance it's helped me with my personal life and like my mental health and yeah it's you you can't put a price tag on it like i said Hundred percent. It's better than running is cheaper than any counseling lover. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Self help counselor in your own head. Yeah. Um, what do you got moving forward for athletic goals? Yeah. Um, I don't really have uh something big on the calendar yet. Um, I want to get more into trail running because of just like where I live, and you saw that like there's so many trails around here. So I'm gonna sign up for a 50k trail race next year and a 100k trail race. So I mean, those are still obviously really big. Um, and yeah, just kind of go around do some marathons with some friends and in, in the U.S. and just adventure and travel and support you on your next adventures and just yeah, just keep surrounding myself with awesome people that are that are challenging themselves and pushing each other. Yeah, I think it's cool that even meeting all these people now we have more people you know you can trust you know have the same mindset that can help you on your endeavors right yeah what you do next i'll be there and you said what i do next you'll be there so yeah that's super cool and it's like that that that's what that's what's worth it and like and when when we look back and and when 20 years from now when we look back on 2023 it's like what jesse talks about it's like we're not going to remember how much money we made but it's like it's about building your life with like experiences and, and building your life resume because I'm not going to remember how much money I made in 2023, but I'm going to remember that I ran a hundred miles and raised 85 grand for children's hospital. Like yeah. you can't take, you can't take those experiences away from each other. Yeah. So yeah, those undeniable moments, the yeah. 10 out of 10s, 10 out of 10s. Yeah. Chasing those rare moments. It's yeah. a good pursuit in life. But that's, and shout out to Colin O'Brady. This is something that he says a lot too. It's like, you can't have like, you can't have the tens without the ones too. And that's about the staying humble and the highs and helpful and the lows, because I wouldn't have had a lot of these tens that I'm having now if it wasn't for those ones and those low moments that I had. Right. Because those are what made me do those tens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, those change for everybody. Like the hardest thing you've been through is the hardest thing you've been through. Right. That's why some people are a lot more have a lot more adversity and able to get through more things because I've been through more, right? Yeah, and, and that's tough too. It's like everyone goes through things in life and everyone handles things differently. And like sometimes I'll share my story with someone and they'll be like, oh, like I can't even compare what I've been through to like what you've been through. But I'm like, no, like don't look at it that way. Like everyone goes through things in life and everyone handles things differently. Like that person could have got bullied as a kid and it could affect them more to this day than my stuff has, right? Like everyone's got their own experiences and how they deal with it. Yeah, 100%. What would you say to somebody, maybe like somebody who's a kid going through what you went through or just anybody in general hoping to be a success, they might not be where they're at 
in life, but they want to yeah. keep striving. What advice? Would you I think if, if if you whatever you want to do, um, you can always do it if you put your mind to it, and and if you manifest it, and if you set a goal, if you want it bad enough, you can achieve it. Like like I said, like going back to the beginning of my story, like it was my dream to be sponsored by this scooter company. And I know that sounds a little bit dumb now, but it's like, I would work my ass off every day as a little kid going to the skate park for eight hours a day and not giving up. And then I was like, I want to become a realtor at 19 years old when I still lived at my dad's house and everyone kind of like laughed at me and I made it. And then it's like, I said, I wanted to run a hundred kilometers after not running 10 and I did it. And so if you put your head down and you work hard enough, you literally can do everything you put your mind to. Yeah. hundred percent. When you had that drive as a kid, do you think that's something you learn from parents or do you think that's something that you have in you or you learn from different motivators or like, where do you think that comes from? Just I don't think like, Looking back, it's cool that I had that experience as a kid with the scootering because I didn't really realize how much it meant then. But now looking back, it's like, I don't think I necessarily learned it from someone, but it's just like when you're passionate about something, like find something that makes you passionate and it's like you'll go to no end to to fulfill your dreams with it, right? Yeah. Kind of like think about the life you want with your passion and work backwards from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sweet. Well, hell yeah, man. Appreciate you talking to me here. It's cool. been uh, it's been fun hanging out with you the past couple of days, and I'm excited for the future and what yeah. we'll be able to get up to. So get up to some crazy shit. Oh yeah, buddy. Well, this has been uh, episode 12 of Comfort Breeze Complacency. My man, Jaden Lee. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Keep it not so bad.